because keeping it light isn't working. Hulu presents Woke, a new comedy series inspired by the life and work of artist Keith Knight. Watch as Woke takes an absurdly irreverent look at identity and culture as it follows Keith, an African-American cartoonist, finally on the verge of mainstream success when an unexpected incident changes everything. Starring Lamar Morris, Blake Anderson, T. Murph, Rose McIver, and Sashir Zamata, Woke, all episodes now streaming exclusively on Hulu. Visit Hulu.com Woke for more. In my sleepless solitude tonight, if it's wrong to love you, then my heart just won't let me be right. Cause I've drowned in you and I won't pull through without you by my side. <laughs> I give my love. I'm not going into that. <laughs> Praise the Lord, niggas. Yeah, I'm, that that is Monroe and Rocco's, and she she's she? in our trash. But we will get to that. How are you? Oh, she no is idea. in our trash. She is. Yes, but praise the indeed. Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord. Welcome back to Getting Grown. We apologize for the delay this week. We're a little tardy for the party, but we are back. And, you know, just had to take some time because it was a holiday weekend. So Jade and I were both holidaying. And we deserve. Um, but we're back. Um, and That's we're it. excited to join you guys around the kitchen table yet again for some more conversation and commentary about the ghettos of adulting, honey. The, the worst hood we've ever endeavored to live in. The good, the bad, the ugly, the test, the trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations, and the taxes of being a real live adult in the year of our Lord, 2020. 2020. Oh, my word. But yes, how are you doing, sis? I'm good. Um, I had a nice, refreshing weekend, which these okay. niggas and their That's engines... I will get to in the black woman self-care, but I feel good. I feel refreshed and rejuvenated. I am doing okay. I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I also took a couple of days off of the work and I have been really roaming around my house trying to figure out what to do with myself. It's hard to be here and not work since, you know, work is what happens here, especially now since we're all work. Oh, girl. Now, now that we're working remotely. Oh, um, And, uh... <laughs> Yeah, so I am, you know, I have been trying my best to leave my laptops in another room and, and not bother it um, and really just try to mentally give myself a reprieve from thinking so much so that hopefully when I go back to work uh, tomorrow, I will be refreshed and rejuvenated and ready to start anew. Yes, man. That's it. That's and I am happy. And let me tell you all something. IKEA I took her days, and I said, "What are your plans?" She said, "I'm yes. going to work out in the morning, and I have I am getting yes, myself I'm going pampered to get a in the evening. I'm going to see my esthetician and this evening. I'm very excited about that. It literally has been a year since you know the world was closed, but I'm I know that she's going to fry me about my skin. But <laughs> but I'm really excited to. To get a facial, I feel like I deserve it. 
and I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited that you're getting a facial and doing something to take care of yourself. And with that being said, um, we have trash to get into. Right. So let's get into it. Okay. Right, basura time. So I said that Mariah Carey was in the trash, so we'll start off with mm-hmm. her. So she's coming out with a memoir. Oh boy. Yes, she is. And um she's coming out with a memoir. And uh she talks about a specific we learned a couple of details about Mariah Carey recently. Have we? She yes. So my all, which I opened the show yes. with was actually about her former fling with Derek Jeter. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes, according to the YBF. Uh, she had a fling with Derek Jeter while, allegedly, while she was with Tommy Mottola. We don't mm, want to get sued. Allegedly. And, um, and so a song called The Root, I don't think I know mm-hmm. that one, and my all were both about Derek Jeter. Well, okay. But... um. She also speaks about a miscarriage. She suffered a miscarriage. And um, she speaks about a specific instance. And there was a video. There's a clip posted on on YouTube where she was on Ellen uh, while she was still married to Nick Cannon. This is before the twins, the twins came. So she was pregnant um, and didn't want to talk about her pregnancy. But Ellen kept forcing it out of her like you know, giving her apple cider instead of champagne and like, I know you can't drink and giving her fuzzy high heel slippers and like, can I guess the baby's gender? Like just very pushy things. Mm -hmm. And you could tell she was trying to play along or whatever, but she was uncomfortable. And so she spoke about um, that particular time and how after that interview, she actually suffered a miscarriage. Oh, wow. Um, And how that made her extremely uncomfortable um because she didn't want to announce her pregnancy ellen is just batting a thousand here these days buddy (laughs) and she was like i'm not trying to throw in anybody under a proverbial bus but i'm Mm -hmm. you know this is my truth and i was uncomfortable um so yeah that was that on that Mm. (sighs) so that's mimi's news what else we got in here Tamar Braxton. Okay, because I have seen this in the in the media, if I am not mistaken. But please go ahead. I I, I don't know what to think. So Tamar Braxton, um, and we have seen that she has suffered some, you know, some. Uh, I don't she's know what. Dealing what with some challenges. She's dealing with some challenges. There we go. Mm-hmm. Y'all know I'm not the best with that. So she's dealing with some child. She's been dealing with some challenges in publicly, which we understanding as human beings can be very hard right absolutely um we're not in the public eye in the way in which tamar is and so i can only imagine dealing with that on such a public level absolutely so um you know recently uh she and her her boyfriend david i believe is his name yes that is his name (laughs) they got into an altercation in the car on the way to drop her off to a rehabilitation facility so that, you know, she can go kind of get herself together. Okay. On the way down there, they got into an altercation over a video that he posted of Logan on his Instagram. And he ended up filing a restraining order on her. 
and said she assaulted him. Um, she said that he grabbed her arm and that's where all of this started. Now I went and watched the video because I wanted to, I just wanted to kind of get some context, see what was going on. Um, I will start this off by saying, if you are the parent, you do have a right to make requests and nobody really has a right to question those. Right. Right. You can say, I don't want my child here or I'm not comfortable with this, but I, Personally, don't think that was the case here. That's just my opinion. So I went and go look. I went and looked at the video, and it was a video of David taking Logan to the beach. David's okay. mother was in the background. They call her Bonus Grandma and Sonic, and Logan seemed very happy and very comfortable with him. Um, and he was like, "What are we gonna do?" He's like, "We're going to the beach. I'm going swimming." They had their mask on. He put his mom in the video. I didn't see anything jarring. Now I don't know a lot about this man. I've only seen a couple of small clips. Mm -hmm. He seems like a nice man, but he does seem like a controlling man. He seems okay. like he seems like he be on some of that shit sometimes. Um, but the in the video, Logan seemed very comfortable. What I got, what I what I personally think. Maybe she was uncomfortable with the caption. The caption was not disrespectful. He basically just said, sometimes moms need a day off to do mom things and take care of themselves. And so me and Logan are going to the beach with bonus grandma uh, to have a nice day, you know, so that mom can have her time. Okay. I don't know if maybe with all of the public challenges that have been happening, if she took some offense uh, to that maybe thought it insinuated some other things maybe thought people would take that and run with it you know based off of her public challenges mm -hmm. nevertheless they did end up getting into an altercation and a and he filed a restraining order against her and that's where they at right now interesting so i think i agree i agree you know i'll say b before i say that let me just say i i i don't parent anything but <laughs> Uh-uh, um, Maurice. Maurice Greenleaf, you're absolutely right. I need to give him some water. Um, I'm looking at him right now. Um, I feel like... What? I mean, we and we know that Tamar is going Tamar, right? And I say that with love. But, I mean, if yeah. you have, if you yeah. have been a Tamar friend, uh, one of Tamar Tamarshan's friends for any length of time, you know that Tamar... Uh, wants what she wants when she wants it how she wants it and on you know at the at the at the precise time that she wants mm -hmm. it in mm -hmm. now I feel like I could see her feeling a way about um about you know this you know if they had some agreement I mean I guess the only way I feel like if it were me and they had some sort of established rule that, you know, whatever you put, like, don't put my child on the internet without kind of clearance from me. Or, you know, I could kind of see those mm -hmm. kind of being some stipulations um, to their uh, agreement or, you know, whatever. I mean, that's all speculation. Right. Either way, when it comes down to, like, whether or not, um, whether, like, Shouldn't nobody be putting their hands on anybody else, whether right. or not. But at the same time, you know, I feel like either we don't know a whole lot more of the story. I just am struggling to understand where a restraining order is warranted. 
I don't know where a restraining order is warranted. And again, like you said, everything is speculation. We were not there, so none of us know. Um, I can only my that that's why my opinion, my speculation. I was like, I maybe, and I'm hoping that he because he he filed the restraining order first. I don't think she claimed that he put his hands on her first, and then she claimed afterwards that he did grab her arm. Um, you know, and like you said, nobody needs to be putting no I mean, nobody's like said, nobody like, needs to be putting their hands on anybody. Period. No, right, like you said, you know, I I mean, and I mean, I have heard like you know Tamar is uh, according to the Shade Room and other media outlets, Tamar has developed a friendship with T D Jake's mm-hmm. daughter Cora. Um, Jake's and she actually released a statement or commented under the post um, and saying that you know uh, sort of saying that David was the kind of person who is kind of looking for his Mm. 15 minutes in the limelight um, and you know as Tamar is working on herself and getting her emotional Mm -hmm. health back in order this seems like an opportunity for him to kind of stir up some mess and you know so I feel like there are some other layers. Well, that does other bring other lights. Like, like you said in the <laughs> beginning, that does that does kind of put a, a new spin mm-hmm. on the information. So, you know, um, I mean, only time will tell. I mean, I hope that, I mean, what's priority here for me? What's like the most expedient and like, you know, what is our primary concern is Tamar's health. We want Tamar to be well. We want Tamar to have and live the life that she is deserving of. We're rooting for her um, and, you know, you know, hoping that she prioritizes herself and her safety and the safety yeah. and that of her child, Logan, which yeah. she always does. So, you know, I'm not as concerned about. Uh, no, Mr. I don't Day really. Did. I don't know what's what I just I looked at it and I said, OK, and I went and looked at the video. I wanted to see, you know, maybe there was something in there that was a little jarring. I didn't see anything there, but I also was we weren't in the car. We don't mm-hmm. know the dynamics of their relationship Correct. intimately and personally. And um, and we do know that Tamar has faced has faced a lot of challenges. So we don't I don't I don't by any means want to dealing with some. I don't want to, you know, beat up on her or or, or blame, you know, make it put fault on her in any way because we don't know what happened. Um, But, I, you know, I wanted to look at the disposition of the child because that will always tell you there's a look in their eyes that will let you know what's, you know, when something ain't right. Logan is just a very happy child anyway. Oh, my God. He was so happy in the video. I said, this is a bubbly, just happy child. Which I think is just amazing. Right. I think that he seems so well adjusted and just like a regular little boy, which I think is is something that I celebrate, especially given yeah. <laughs> Given the circumstances and the times that that we that we live in, and then you know the kind of environment that he's been around, you know his whole family is a reality TV show family. So truly, to see him just be a regular little Logan, little precious little boy, mm-hmm. just brings me a lot of joy. We love to see it, indeed. So, just quickly, congratulations to the Shumperts. Oh uh, yes, they delivered a healthy baby girl. Rue is her name, which she I think is, is beautiful. Such a gift she is. She was born in the bathroom like her sister. Oh, and Erica Badu was the doula. Was so, she? I mean, I had yes. felt like rumors, but I wasn't entirely sure. Oh um, well, I that's what I saw in it. That's what she said. Okay, I'm with it. That's what I saw. So I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> I no, wasn't no, no. in the bathroom. I mean, it, it, so it makes total sense. It makes total sense. <laughs> so congratulations to the Shumpers. They are a lovely family. You know what I'm saying? Super cute. Um, I really still wish that that girl wouldn't have been having all them baby showers and all them all them carrying ons uh, with all them people around her. But you know, maybe they maybe they all had to prove their COVID test or something like that. We don't know. Um, so that's that. Congratulations to them. <sighs> There's a lady by the name of Jessica Krug. Ugh, girl, and. <sighs> It's a Rachel Dolezal 2.0 situation. Have you heard about this, sis? Oh, you know that I have. Oh, why don't you share with the people, please? Well, I mean, I don't... You probably are looking at it. I'm kind of going off the dome. But uh, this young this young woman, uh, Jessica Krug, has, was, has been found... Oh, I guess she confessed to um, posing as an Afro-Latina uh, woman... Um, you know, for many years throughout her entire professional career. Um, and as such, uh, has, you know, as a, as an academic, she got her PhD uh, and has, has had many sort of, you know, postdoctoral fellowships and scholarship opportunities to kind of, you know, progress throughout her professorial journey as this scholar of color, this woman scholar of color. Um, and uh, last sometime last week, she, uh, you know, posted via the platform medium.com, a long manifesto, just kind of outing herself as a culture leech. She said in her, in her, um, in her letter, she wasn't a culture vulture. She was a culture leech, uh, <laughs> which I thought was a very interesting word choice. But, um, so yeah, she had, uh, was, was working at, as an associate professor in, in African diaspora in history uh, at George Washington University, she was tenured, which is, you know, uh, uh, you know, academics know it's kind of like a certain level of job stability that you get as a result of your publication record and your service um, as an academician. Long story less long, she has been posing um, as an Afro-Latina woman from uh, El Barrio, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, yeah. and and uh, has, you know, um, <laughs> several people have come forward citing interactions with her where they have called mm -hmm. her out for presenting mm -hmm. white, although she was claiming an Afro-Latina identity. And, um, you know, uh, more recently, um, a junior scholar confronted her about it and had mm -hmm. some um, backup from two more senior scholars at the university there in, in D.C. And, you know, she kind of tried to get ahead of the narrative to kind of out herself before she was outed and, you know, went viral last week as, a, you know, like you said, Rachel Dolezal 2.0. Um, yeah. Man. From what I understand, since then, George George Washington University, the school that she was particularly affiliated with, has I don't know if this is official yet, but they were saying that they were looking to rescind her tenure, and mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, withdraw her faculty appointment. So she probably will lose her job and and resulting job security as a result of this. But I, I feel like that is just a drop in the bucket as far as retribution for this crime oh, absolutely <laughs> this crime to absolutely. humanity that has been committed 
Um, and I mean, this is just a more, a more, we can definitely have a broader conversation around how, mm. uh, white women continue to, uh, um, exploit our identities as women of color, um, and lie to find sense, uh, some, to, to lie, to partake in the community that we build to nurture and sustain ourselves. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And it is just an exercise in the privilege that people don't want to acknowledge, right? Uh, the white privilege that people always refuse to acknowledge, always citing, you know, some other marginalized identity, whether it be I was poor or I was I was Jewish. Um, and, you know, not saying that that there are not some, you know, not saying that those identities don't carry with them a certain level of burden, but um, there are spaces, safe spaces, cultural safe zones that people of color build for ourselves when we have to negotiate places that are harmful for us, places that are not safe for us to be successful and thrive. And we find space and community and, and, and fulfillment and push each other and pull each other across the, um, the finish line and, you know, build each other up after the, after the academy tears us down. And to know that there are white people who don't have, who don't respect those spaces as such um, and, you know, are so self-centered and so mm -hmm. self-focused and self-fulfilled that they would compromise the sanctity of those environments. It to me kind of makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. And I'm getting excited. I'm getting, I'm getting, um, I'm getting riled up as I'm talking about it because, you know, you know, community is not something that just happens. It has to be cultivated and it mm -hmm. has to be nurtured. Y'all know that's, you know, what we try to build not only through team typing fast, but just kind of generally as an academic, as a woman in academia, we build this community to retain each other and to know mm -hmm. that there are people who are out here siphoning off of that sacred space makes me want to fight. But You know, one Rachel Dolez All Monkey Don't Stop No Show. That's it. Uh, and we will we will persist despite the wicked evil <laughs> that is <laughs> Jessica Krug. Um, and you know, I'm just you know lifting up and, and and throwing my support and prayers behind all of the students of color and scholars of color that were in partnership or community. Um, or relationship with this with this lying thief of a woman um, and you know have been violated by her lies and untruths um, and so Je Jessica I think on her on the internet she called herself Jessica La Bamba Bambalera Jessica La Bombera please um, <laughs> Bombera <laughs> uh, either way yeah, I mean, and there's just so many. So like, uh, and I like, want you to understand, it's not the, a laughing matter, but you have like, I'm laughing because it's so fucking ridiculous. The performance, though, the it's, performance it, and the ways in which she performed blackness only yeah. demonstrated anti, you know, just how anti-black she really, really was. The things yeah. that she felt would would um, qualify her and gain, give her access to these spaces. Uh, you know, all the way from saying that her mom was um, a black sex worker who was raped by a white man. Like, uh, and, <laughs> and, and down and, to you even, even claiming the neighborhood of El Barrio, which 
you know, if you go down there, it's a beautiful, lovely, artistic community. Listen, it's it's a community full of black and brown people. Um, safe. They've got uh, Santana and I did a, um, a quinceanera uh, at one of the centers there where the housing is specifically for artists uh, from local artists who are who are natives. So like don't you 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 just you just leached off of like all kinds of cultures like you just leached off of everybody here and then to create this ridiculous story about how you came about that is filled with pain and anguish that people have actually dealt with in shame Gosh. that people have lived with in their families from how they've been treated because of you know how they came into the world like for you and to take that and profit off, it's just Profit disgusting. off of it. Because she has, uh, you know, gone on the internet and been very vocal about calling out other scholars of color. Well, I should say scholars Just like of color. Rachel Dolezal. Right. Calling out scholars of color for, and, and, and criticizing them, challenging them for saying that their scholarship was not woke or resistant enough. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, your girl, what? <laughs> <laughs> was Karen in blackface okay yeah. so girl get your whole life together and and this is petty but you know that that's who I am um <laughs> what irritated me so there was a, a student who came across uh Jessica Krug at some event and um questioned her about presenting white and not even from the space of accusing her of being white but just cautioning her uh, um to um acknowledge that she was of mixed heritage you know according to the claim that she had that you know her her mom was a black sex worker and her father was a, a, a white man so it wasn't that this this student was saying like you know was accusing her of being a white woman but just cautioning her against uh you know failing to acknowledge that even though it was by virtue of rape or you know the bottom line was she presented as a white person and was as we thought biracial so like you know she she should be cautious mm -hmm. of the language that she uses around speaking about you know black or uh afro-latina issues because you know this is how she presents and um she, the the girl actually took screenshots of their e exchange on facebook messenger mm. and jessica was very like she went from zero to 60 because she was spooked, right? She thought this girl had spooked her. And that's when she went into this whole, um, you know, uh, you know, soliloquy about her origins and how she's black and this like really kind of try to qualify and prove and validate her blackness to this girl. Um, and she, she started, well, to me, my perception was like, in order to appear more black, she started speaking like how she feel like black people speak. Oh, yeah. So a she kept saying like, I'm light skinned. S-K-I-N-T. Oh, that's not even A-A-V-E. That's just. Listen. So like, <laughs> these are the things that really make my my toenails curl back because it was like, sis, if you, we don't speak this way. <laughs> like, okay. Like. You're, you're I've being, never called myself light-skinned in light, my life. First of all, who? Like, you you really need your head busted. If you feel you like, really do. you know, saying things like light-skinned, light not even light-skinned. Like, you know, like, you know, like, you just strong and wrong. But, like, it just, those were the things that really just made my blood boil. 
Um, and you know, all of her apology. I didn't even really read through her little manifesto on Medium because I feel like we've heard oh, this child. all before and there are no words that she can say other I mean she acknowledges how horrible of a person she was and I feel like that's fair, but that does not absolve her from the responsibility of her mm -hmm. actions. And um, you know, you don't you, yeah. So <laughs> I wish I would I really I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, but like I said, I just weep for the students, um, because it's such a sacred and, and formative time in your development as a, as an academic, um, you have to be surrounded by people who will keep you safe. So her willfully compromising the safety of black and brown women and men, um, you know, persons, I should say, of, of uh, you know, who are studying with her, under her, in her classes, around her, you know, that makes me want to box because, yeah, because nah. it's such a, it's like, this is, it's just, it's just a crime. And I, and I don't know, I don't know what it's the, a crime. It is a crime. And I, and I don't, I don't know what what's going to happen, and I don't even know that I have a a vote. Like I'm not looking. I don't know what retribution would feel like. It's not for me to decide. I have to work through these these feelings on my own. But I'm just saying, I'm very tired that uh, of this, uh, and and it just suggests to me that it's not going to stop happening. We thought Rachel Dolezal was a one no. and done. I feel like there are other people who are out here maximizing and profiting off of our pain and struggle and the struggle of our, our experience. And I feel like she's going to go off and get her a book deal. She's going to be on Dateline and she's going to be okay. Why? Because she's a white woman. Yep. Just like Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> you know, for those who, who try to, I don't know, not necessarily defend, but play devil's advocate um, in these situations and say, oh, well, you know, then if you, if you can be transgender, then why can't you be transracial? Let me explain something to you all. That is insulting to the trans community because these people have not from day one come out of when they were able to speak, told their parents, hey, hey, I'm black. This is not, this is not what happened. These are white women who have been white women and then have used, like he has said, and benefited and leached off of our culture off of our pain off of our struggle they have used that to their advantage so for you if you are one of those people who has tried to use that as an argument to defend that or play devil devil's advocate in the situation the argument is 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 null and void it's and it's insulting and that's just that on that so you know the lady was like cancel me blah 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 whatever whatever girl, girl we don't even want to give you any more. You don't even go, like you need to. You need to go to prison. You need to go to prison. Honestly, like I just am <laughs> sick of it. Like first of all, that's I, that's why I had to stop reading her thing because the tone of it was still very much like, "Let me tell you how I should be punished." And it's like, girl, you don't yeah. get to decide that. You don't. You don't, you don't get to decide that. All she should have said was, "I lied and I'm sorry." Period. That's all we needed to hear. I don't want to hear like I, I, all the detail. It was literally like almost 4,000 words. And it was like, sis, this is way too many words. The bottom Let line. me tell you, I'm going to tell you the ways in which you should be punished because you appropriated 
our culture. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to put you, we're going to banish you to the woods. And then actually you don't even deserve the woods. You don't deserve <laughs> the magic of the forest. We're going to stone you and we're going to stone you with, I don't know what region or what anybody calls them. You can call them bobos. You can call them knockers. You can call them hair, you know, hair balls, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. The, the, the little twisty tie joints where you, with the two balls on them that we all grew up with in our ponytails. I say we stone her with those. That's the punishment I believe that she deserves. Let me tell you something. Um, you got to watch these white women out here with a bulbous nose out, out here. <laughs> it's always a white woman with a bulbous nose out here trying to be trying to benefit me and i'm sick of it trying to benefit sick i said and 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 her colleagues were right the only reason that she even got ahead of this is because she was found out yeah she would have still been lying to us she would have still been lying to us had uh you know um, this student started poking around into to her her identity and her background. They say that the girl didn't even go to her own mama's funeral because she thought she was going to blow her cover. So that's just the kind of, uh, you know, premeditated, like this is not some, this is a sociopath. This is not somebody who, who, um, you know, this happened accidentally and she just kind of kept the lie going. No, 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 no. This is someone who was very, very intentionally has crafted an identity that was not her own and and at the expense think about all of the other women of color scholars who didn't get opportunities because of this bulbous nose okay think about that <laughs> this black hair dye and i'm this so mousse. sick of it you know what i'm saying <laughs> just tan in bed and and listen and and this uh this uh this kente cloth, like girl, I don't care how many kente Fucking cloth dresses carrot, you put on, and how many jet black boxes you put in your head, your name. I don't name care, is, care how much fashion fair you girl, order. That's it. Enough. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Y'all remember that song? <laughs> Irritating. It just blows me. I mean, oh god. So uh, yeah, I'm tired of talking about her. Um, two last things, very quickly. Uh, the only reason I'm even acknowledging this is because. I cried laughing. Mm-hmm. So um, I refuse to call him what he calls himself. But Omar Johnson, some call him Umar. Oh, uh, I believe that nigga was named Omar. And that's what I'm going to call him. He claims that black Americans spend $19 million a year on grits. <laughs> I thought it was $16 million. Either way, it's a lot of grits, <laughs> girls and boys. According to the root, it says 19 million. Uh-huh. He says that's what we as black Americans spend on grits. And he could take that money if we would stop spending it on grits and open schools for black boys. Goodbye. Goodbye. I let me tell you about how this man has provided so many laughable moments. Your girlfriend, friend loves to send that fucking clip of him talking about, well, I'm going to go to Cheesecake Factory and enjoy me a nice dinner with, with the, the ancestors. ancestors. <laughs> what an embarrassment. <laughs> He's just the an embarrassment. The ancestors be like, nah, fam. The ancestors we be not like, eating girl, with we you. don't eat. We don't eat. <laughs> we do not want to enjoy buffalo firecrackers with you. Looking Salmon firecrackers. Uh, jambalaya shrimp pasta girl no Get we don't want here. no buffalo blast with your black ass Get like. away from us and leave us alone <laughs> and we are taking the brown bread with <laughs> us <laughs> could you imagine I can't wait and I don't even I 
can't wait to become an ancestor because I'm gonna be like y'all y'all not gonna want to call me okay don't ask me for nothing I'm gonna tell you right now this is not the one that you want to consult okay because I'm gonna be out here telling y'all the truth y'all be thinking I'm gonna be the ancestor listen. like the like the I'm gonna be the Kermit ancestor with the black hoodie on <laughs> which <laughs> uh, y'all not gonna worry me to death okay you're not gonna worry my patience. My ancestors are shaking their head at me right now. Sorry, guys. Um, but I just found that to be absolutely hilarious. And lastly, we just must announce that this Sunday we have a treat Get, in store. Listen, I said all of us, we should just make sure that you put your, your moomoos and house coats and bathrobes I into mean, the I mean, gather machine. all your skin so I soft. Mean, get, your, get your white diamonds and your anklets. Go ahead. Make sure you Vaseline your face. Shake out your synthetic wigs. I'm Find your best cold you, cream. Get yourself situated and set. Make sure that your bottles and James is chilled in the refrigerator. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. Auntie Palooza. Mm. Auntie Palooza is <laughs> happening on Sunday. Okay? <laughs> get your houses in order because... The meeting of the century will be taking place down to the verses where the one and only Patricia Holt mm. will be battling Gladys Knight. That's Gladys Knight, young people. I'm saying, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Bubba's little sister, Gladys. Yes. Will be meeting. Yes. I mean, it's going to be an evening of song, and I am already rehearsing. I've just been walking around my house singing. Somebody Listen. loved you, baby. And what I'm gonna just tell y'all right now: when Patty sings, "You are my friend," just tell oh. somebody to swing by the house and check on me. Because I'm not Keisha. going to make it I'll when she her. if she gets when she gets to what a friend we have in Jesus. That's when I leave. That's when that's when my soul leaves my body every single time. Mm. But mm. yes, I'm excited, and I think that mm. that I mean I, we thought that we were we had reached the pinnacle with Brandy and Monica, but Swiss oh and Timberland God. said, "Oh no no no, girls they and boys, the ether, nigga. get they your fashion fair foundation." Red. Get your Mary Kay in order, your fucking Avon together, we nigga. We are going to have a time, girl. Fry you some catfish and get you some light bread and meet us down to the kitchen table. Oh my God, I we cannot wait. are going to see Patty and Gladys do get out down to the verse. Gladys, oh Gladys, my God, my Gina table will be chilled. Oh, oh my God, my tussie will be under my arms. We are about to live. I, I cannot mean, wait. Oh, what a time will be had. I don't even know. I what cannot to do. wait. And that's how I wanted to round out the trash. That was great. That was great. I wanted to round out the trash. And that's actually our shout out this week. Yes. The uh, Auntie Patty uh, versus Auntie Gladys um, versus Battle. So we can mosey right on into the kitchen table talk. Well, we're actually doing a mailbag this week, aren't we? Yes, we are. That is our kitchen table talk. So right. we can get into that. <laughs> so let us do that then. Let us do that. Imagine having a personalized, judgment-free support system available 24-7 for as little as $65 a week. Talkspace believes we all deserve to feel our best. Their mission? 
make therapy affordable and accessible for all. And with thousands of therapists licensed in over 40 specialties, you're sure to find the support that you need. Talkspace is just a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. And now Talkspace covers 40 million people for online therapy through their insurance or employer. The Talkspace network is composed of thousands of licensed therapists experienced in treating depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, and more. Talkspace is secure and private using the latest encryption technology to keep your information safe. We all need someone to talk to. Talkspace wants to give us the support we deserve at a price we can afford. Match with your perfect therapist at Talkspace.com or by downloading the Talkspace app. And don't forget to use promo code GROWN at checkout for $100 off your very first month. That's $100 off your first month at Talkspace.com, promo code GROWN. Breaking news, the biggest scam rocking the nation is toilet paper. If you got poop on your arm, are you going to wipe it off with dry paper or are you going to wash it with water? I really hope y'all are not that filthy. So why do you do that with your butthole? For years, bidets have been available for hideously expensive, costing thousands of dollars. But the Hello Tushy Modern Bidet Attachment is here to democratize the blessings bestowed by bidets and offer clean buttholes to everybody. Hello Tushy cleans your butt with a precise stream of fresh water for just $79. It attaches to your existing toilet, requires no electricity or additional plumbing, and cuts toilet paper use by 80%. So the Hello Tushy bidet pays for itself in a few months. Because with Hello Tushy, you don't wipe at all. Even the best two-ply just can't cut it when it comes to a hands-free poop experience. Ditch paper products and uncomfortable chafing when you switch to the soothing, cleansing stream of water from a Hello Tushy bidet attachment. And every Hello Tushy bidet attachment comes with a 60-day risk-free guarantee and a 12-month warranty. Join millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now and have a clean butt with every flush. The Hello Tushy has changed my life. You know, we've been trying to cut down on waste in the house. We're trying to use more rags than paper towels and, you know, so forth and so on. We're trying to save Mother Earth. She is crying because people don't care. Hello Tushy assists with that. I am able to rinse my butthole with clean pleasure. Okay, there's no streaks. There's no nothing. I didn't have that anyway. Oh, let's just be clear. But now I don't have that chafing. You know, you might take some antibiotics or you might take a little medication. Maybe you're drinking a whole lot of sea moss and your system is very regular. You use enough toilet paper You know what a stinging butthole feels like. You don't ever have to deal with that with Hello Tushy, okay? Go to hellotushy.com slash grown to get 10% off. This is a special offer for our listeners. Go to hellotushy.com slash grown for 10% off. Hellotushy.com slash grown. All right, mailbag episode. It's been a while. Yeah, man. (sighs) So... (laughs) Uh, this listener gave us a pseudonym that they would like to be called by. All right. Um, he would like to be called Mike Hoochie. Oh, uh, okay. And, um, this is, a, <laughs> this is a very colorful Hoochie. honesty box. I laughed out loud several times, but it is still also very serious. So Mike Hoochie says, greetings, you fine ass, powerful ass black <laughs> women. <laughs> oh boy. So I was eavesdropping on my grandfather and heard something that's bothering me. I'm not sure if I need to keep it to myself or pull up on this old nigga. 
Since the pandemic began, I've done most of the errands my grandparents need done. Market runs, pharmacy runs, lows to get 60 watt light bulbs, all types of shit. Last week I dropped stuff off and I overheard my grandfather on the phone. Yeah, all these F words out here nowadays. Uh-huh. The damn sissies running rampant, all types of shit. <laughs> oh, no. It threw me the hell off because my grandfather is the main reason I'm as comfortable as I am with myself. He's been absolutely supportive all my nigga loving life, mm-hmm. even more than some of the women in my family. I used to complain to his old ass about an ex and everything. Once a cousin called me the F word at Virginia Beach and granddad laid into his ass for the entire trip. He used to say stuff to me like, don't you ever let someone call you out like that. You're a human and a man. You come get me if anybody ever bothers you about who you are. Go off. Now this nigga on the phone with his little veteran friends talking shit. Granted, not about me, but my little sissy nieces and nephews out here. <laughs> and he says, because of proximity, y'all can say sissy and it'll be okay. I'm literally just reading the honesty box. Don't y'all come for me. <laughs> my friends are saying to leave it alone. Mind your business. You popped up. Should have called it. Should have called first. Shouldn't have eavesdropped. And part of me agrees. But I guess I'm either looking for a different answer or confirmation on what my support system already said I should do. What do you all think? And that's from Mike Hoochie. <laughs> um. <laughs> wow. Um. I would ask him about it. I think I I would I would ask him about it, but I wouldn't be on some rah 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 rah. I would just I would just <laughs> I would just be like, you know, I heard it and I just was curious like what yeah. what that was about. But I will say this. In dealing with parents and grandparents in my experience is when we get grown we absolutely can ask them about things, but we must be prepared for whatever yes. the response is. Like, absolutely, I, w- I don't know, I don't know what to tell you and how to prepare, but I think you should just be ready for it to go either way. For, for just be prepared, prepared for it to go either way. And if it does go left, be ready to have a conversation. And if it, if it goes right, be re- be ready to have the conversation. Um, but I do think if it were me, I would ha- I would say something. I, I do believe that that to be the tr- the case for me. Yeah, because you know, you spoke very specifically about how your grandfather has been a very key um, person in your life and helping to uh, lift you up you know, in your sexuality and how you identify. Um, and he's been a, a key player in that. Um, and so I, I, I find I've been at this. I've actually I haven't dealt with this, obviously, but uh, I've been at this point where I've been finding out some very interesting family information. And there is a really fine line between you can talk. You talk to anybody older in your family. And I think there is a, a point where we have to hold um ones in our family accountable for For certain things for sure um you know we talk about it with race issues we need to do it when it comes to um them being hateful uh against people and their sexualities and their genders and and you know how they identify um so we we can absolutely hold them accountable but like kia said we just have to be prepared uh for you know the reaction to go one way or the other i 
I don't believe though. I mean, your 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 friends are right. You shouldn't have eavesdropped, but when you walk into a conversation, you walk, you can't help what you hear. You know what I'm saying? Unless you were purposely eavesdropping. And then, you know, I'm going to get on your black ass and I know exactly who you are. But <laughs> um, also, you know, it's okay for you to go to him and say, hey, you hurt my feelings because you have played this role in my life. And to hear you say some of those things, it, it hurt It hurt me. Like, explain yourself. I have and there's experience. O- that's okay. I have experienced um, my family, older members of my family, saying crazy things. Um, And when I have brought it to their attention, and again, this is not excusing them, but just saying, like, generationally, they don't, well, in my case, my family member had no idea that what he was saying was as offensive <laughs> as it as it was. Um, and when I when I brought it to his attention, he has stopped or changed course. So I think in certain company, in certain settings, there is just like a level of, you know, lax, you know, that people have mm-hmm. around the language that they use. Um and that is again not caping or excusing, but just saying when I have had conversations in the past with my family members after hearing them saying some inflammatory stuff, you know, mm-hmm. when I let them know, like, that's wow, and you can't say that, like, you should never say that again. Uh, when I explained to them what it was, what the nature of, of it, it mean, like, what it means in context now. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. how offensive it is, who it offends and why it's offensive. I have been able to um, get them to see, you know, the error of their ways and and change course. So, I mean, it has gone both ways. Right. So, you know, sometimes people be like, oh, wow, I had no idea. And other people have said, well, you know, I'm grown. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. You have to I'm grown. You have to be prepared. Um for just just be prepared and 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 know in your and having your mind how you will, will respond either way um and and I think that has been what's been helpful to me when I have had to approach people a little just even a smidge further I, and this can be this is actually a broader conversation that I think honestly says we should have at another time um and I think we've kind of mentioned it before too again this is by no way uh shape or form defending anybody who who speaks in these hateful manners within our family that's why i preface this with we need to hold ones we need to hold these loved ones accountable you know what i'm saying we have a responsibility to do that um but also i find with this younger generation sometimes that they want change immediately yeah uh, with the way that people think and the way that they talk and of course you know, there's a way to honor and speak in a way that's respectful, even if you don't understand, because it's not always our job to understand. It's our jobs to be respect, you know, be respectful and to and to respect people for, you know, for what they what they desire. I think we should all try to understand. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, the least you can do is be respectful to somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the same side of things, we have to understand that some of these older generations there has we been can a, hold them accountable. There's been but a they, considerable amount of change in the world. That's it. Within their lifetime. 
Yeah. And and four There's people. There's been a considerable amount of change since in my lifetime. Right, exactly. <laughs> so so I mean, I just I am I have had to have some of these conversations with my with my grandparents who were born in the thirties. And and if you could imagine the kinds of things that they have seen and what they knew the world to be and how that is completely different than it is now. Um, I think I think you, you raise a good point in that there is some level of patience and compassion mm-hmm. that we should have and mm-hmm. having these conversations to ensure that they are as productive as they can be. Um, um, because, you know, a lot of times it's not that they don't care. It, it, it is that they don't know better. Now, I do feel mm-hmm. like this situation may be a little different, um, you know, given the context that, that, that you've given us. Right. So, you know, that your, your, your grandfather has behaved in, in ways that, that signify that he knows that this is not a good word to use. Yep. Uh, so yep. I do feel like, you know, it can be, it can, th- th- that's why I'm saying, you know, this conversation can go either way, but I'm just saying more generally speaking and for others who might be dealing with a similar issue, there are, there are times in there when, when it's just a matter of ignorance and, and mm-hmm. you know, I have had I have had to acknowledge when I have said or, or done things that were wrong and offensive. And, and as such, you know, I think we are all, you know, on on a trajectory like we're, we're all on the learning curve in some in some way when it comes when it comes to these these um, very important and necessary conversations. So, uh, Mike Hoochie. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I hope that you're able to have a productive conversation with your grandfather. Um, I think it's well within your right to do so. Uh, but like Kia said, just don't go, just don't go, you know, don't be going with the, and I not, you yeah, know, don't yeah. be doing all of that, but you know, come, it, it's okay for you to be honest I as talk well. talk to my grandfather like somebody in the street. Nah, like a bitch on Love and Hip Hop. I'm not right. doing that. So, <laughs> uh, keep us updated and let us know how things turn out. And we really, really do hope, um, for the best for you in that conversation. For sure. Thanks for writing. Let's, yes, absolutely. Let's get to the next one. Let's uh you want to give our user a pseudonym? Um Monica. Yeah. New Monica. Monica. New Monica. Monica writes, Hey Chef Jade and Dr. Kia. I hey, can't girl. believe I'm writing this, but here we go. Oh Lordy. Please make my pseudonym good. Okay, so we'll call you New Monica. New Monica. <laughs> so, Anyway, okay, so my best friend just got engaged recently. I had an idea that it was happening soon because her and her significant other have been shopping for rings. I was truly excited for her. For some background, we live nine or so hours apart by car, but have continuously shown up for one another over the years. We've been friends for almost 20 years. Middle school through college, we attended school together and are currently in our 30s. We've even lived together at one point after college. Mm -hmm. A week or so before the engagement took place, I spoke with a mutual friend that asked if I had spoken to my friend's then boyfriend because the engagement would be happening soon. I said no. And if he wanted for me to be involved, he would reach out much like how he has in the past with birthdays, etc. Unbeknownst to me, one day I receive a text from my friend's sister mentioning that she and her mom were heading to my friend's city because the engagement was taking place that evening. Not only that, but a Zoom link would be sent so I can join. A fucking Zoom link. Feeling slighted and pissed was an understatement. Shortly afterward, I received a text from my friend's boyfriend stating that he planned to propose and that I will be receiving a link later. More pissed and hurt, I sat with this information all that day and joined the Zoom call. 
I put on my best happy face and watched from afar while other mutual friends were physically there for the event that no one told me about. I said my congrats and went on about my day. Later that evening, my friend called, excited, showing off her ring. It was late, but once again, I put on my happy face for her and decided that I wasn't going to mention at least not until after the weekend. Well, sis told me about the weekend events and come uh, to come and stated, I wish you were here, but I know COVID. I responded and told her that I actually didn't know anything until the day of and expressed my being hurt. Anybody that knows us knows that we are practically siblings. Like her fam is my fam and vice versa. Her mouth dropped. She was stunned and tried to come up with reasons for this very fucked up decision. She apologized on his behalf and shared that she would want her fiance and bestie to get along. She ensured that she had been very vocal about who would need to be involved in such an occasion. She stated that she would talk to him about it. I told her that I wanted for her to enjoy her weekend, but didn't know how to navigate the convo due to the lack of relationship. We definitely had a positive rapport, but no actual relationship. Anyway, we talked about the upcoming nuptials and how she wanted for me to be a part of every step moving forward and got off the phone. The more I sat with this, the more I thought about how I'm not only upset with him, but also her. How could this be okay? This was the second time this year that I've been made to question my position in my friend's life after solo birthday plans for a milestone birthday were changed into a couple's trip, leaving me sing- leaving single me out again. The now fiancé called me and I didn't answer. It's still fresh as all of this happened this weekend, and I'm honestly still fucked up about it and need time. I'm aware that my feelings are valid, but this is, an uncharted, te- this is uncharted territory and I know at most I need time before conversing. How should I handle moving forward? Am I walking into a friendship breakup? How does one recover from this? Any assistance or advice would be greatly appreciated. Sincerely, New Monica. Monica, okay. Um, I I think, like you said, you know that your your feelings are valid, right? You have a right to feel away. Um, I I think. For me, I don't know that I would go all the way to if you walking into a friendship breakup. Um, yeah. But I, I do feel like I would, when I'm ready to have the conversation, well, I would say in preparing or getting myself ready for the conversation, I would be really explicit about all of my concerns, laying them out just like you've laid them out in this email. Mm-hmm. It was very clear, very direct. Right. So I just wonder if if you have been as um, as direct and explicit in your conversations with your friend and um, her fiance. Um, well, she says she didn't answer the phone when he called. Right. Because she's not ready. Fresh. Right. Yeah. But I just feel like when you when you are ready to talk about it, I yeah. would. I would have this very detailed list and just be really honest about how it made you feel not necessary. And and I would try to, to have the conversation and, and be in a space where I'm just here to kind of express what's on my heart. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not going, I'm, you know, and, and kind of make decisions in real time as as the situation changes, because I know yep. for me, what I what I tend to do and have to keep myself from doing is kind of being like, well, if he say this, then I'm going to say that because of my own control issues. I try to kind of lay out the direction of the conversation in my head so that I can prepare accordingly. 
But I have learned that that hasn't served me, right? Because you're not listening for understanding. You're listening, you know, just to kind of like, you know, for whomever your discussion partner is to stop talking so that you can get to your next point. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I would try to heal um, to the place where you can just be really candid and open about where you are and, you know, just, you know, whatever the response is, then take that information, digest it, think about it and before you decide what happens next. You don't have to go mm-hmm. from, you know, from from point A to point B. But, you know, what I'm saying like, you know, this is this is a conversation that's going to have to have a couple of different iterations and, um, you know parts in order for you Mm -hmm. to kind of get the resolution that I think that you're seeking. So I would just kind of eat the elephant one back bite at a time instead of thinking if, if this don't go my way, I'm out. And if you say this, I'm out. And I know that that is very much a part of your hurt talking. Um, And I know that when we are hurt, we get defensive and that's not to say that you shouldn't, uh, like guard your guard your heart, but I, I do feel like you have to hear their side before you determine. You know what I'm saying? Don't what like we say all the time. Don't reach a conclusion about a relationship by yourself. Like give the mm-hmm. other party the opportunity to kind of state where they are with everything, where their perceptions what what their perception of the situation was, what motivated them in the decisions that they made, and then you can kind of assess from there whether or not this is a situation that you want to continue in. But I don't think that you have enough information right now to be talking about am I getting ready to break up with her? Um, I think you do feel a way because you are hurt and you have, like you said, have every right to be hurt. And I think just getting, I think the goal of your next conversation with your friend and her fiance should be conveying to them just how hurt you were. Um, and mm-hmm. then seeing, you know, what their response to that is before you take the next steps of like, you know, we no longer go together kind of, kind of, um, you know, conversation. So that's, yeah. those are my thoughts. What do you think, sis? I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly, actually. I don't, I actually don't have a varying opinion at all. <laughs> I think you need to have a very clear conversation with your friend because she's clear. It's clear that you are, you are hurt. Your feelings are valid. And she is like a sister. Um, and so I think it's well within your right to express how you feel. Um, if I may give you a couple of things to think about, and it's not in defense uh, of of his actions, because I don't, I I personally don't understand, and that's where the conversation is going to be necessary for you to try to figure out where this nigga's head was at when all this was going on, because um, I don't understand how somebody who has a relationship like this with you know with your partner, why you would not include them in such an activity, but we're not gonna harp on that. You can have that conversation with them. If I may give you one thing to think about, um, sometimes when it comes, as it pertains to the birthday thing, sometimes, like there are times when I want to do something with my friends for my birthday, and then this nigga makes plans. Right. And and boys don't think like we in, think. No, not and, at all. And I and mean, so, it gave me. I was I was less 
offended when I heard that your friend didn't have any knowledge of any of yeah. this because I felt yeah. like if she knew she would have maybe asked some questions. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off, sis. But, uh-uh, you're fine. But, but I, I feel like this, this was a decision that he made. He is mm-hmm. responsible. Um, and I think that you could be, you know, and all the other stuff, the older relationship trip kind of conversation though those, those are those are separate situations but i mm-hmm. do feel like in this particular instance boys don't think like we think Mm-mm. um and um i've learned that the hard way <laughs> yeah and just try to give her a little grace in that way because now she's got a new new person she's got a factor in so she's trying to figure that out and her her response especially but you know based off of what you said is that she was very shocked and surprised. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and then even after that, in trying to find ways to like, you know, uh, to try to mend the situation in some way and not make it sting as much, you know, you you know where that comes from. It comes mm-hmm. from, you know, her being put in a sticky situation between this is the person that I'm going to spend my life with and this is my sister. And so, you know, she wants to try to make this as easeful as possible, but that doesn't mean that direct conversation can't be had and feelings can't be shared so that you guys can have, you know, a smooth ride going forward. Because okay. I do think it's dramatic to say you might be headed to a, a friendship breakup. Well, I think it's, be quite honest like, with it's very sis. hasty. It's very That's like, it. it's, whoa, it's just whoa, hasty, whoa. especially based off of you all's relate your, your history, your relationship history. So, um, I hope that was helpful. You know, please keep us updated if you, you know, when, when you, whenever you choose to have that conversation, if you choose to have that conversation. And we really do hope for the best out of that and that you're able to, you know, figure all of this out so that you and, and your best friend can move forward in a new, in a new phase of life, but still, you know, with the same, same connection. So I hope that was helpful. Yes, indeed. We have a, Unamas, okay. Uh, for the for the mailbag, would you like to give our listener a pseudonym? Shirley. Shirley. Mm-hmm. Hello, Shirley. Hi, Shirley. So, <laughs> Shirley writes, "Hey, Jade and Kia. She says we can call her Daisy, but we're gonna call you Shirley." <laughs> I've been listening <laughs> Sorry, to the show girl. for several months now, and I have enjoyed every second. You're both so down to earth, and your episodes really make my day. Thank you, Shirley. Thank you, Shirley, girl. I'm writing to seek advice about my issues my mom and I are having. I'm so sorry this is so long. I don't know how to tell a short story, and I'm also at my wits' end. That's awesome. We had a decent... You know, listen, we appreciate it. Yes, indeed. We had a decent relationship growing up. We were very close. We were close when I was a kid. I was an angsty teen that pushed her away, but we got close again towards the end of high school and throughout college to the point where I updated her on everything going on in my life and appreciated her support and advice. However, for the past few months, we've been having trouble. I was working at a job for two years where I felt like an outcast amongst my coworkers and my supervisor gaslighted me and did some shady business practices. I handled some situations unprofessionally, but have taken responsibility and grown from them. You really are a person of uh, extreme self-awareness. I I love it. Um, in the last few months of my employment there, I felt like my mom was always taking the side of my coworkers and employers when I told her about the conflicts. 
For example, and this is extreme, I was never physically handled, but just for argument's sake. (laughs) If I were to say, someone pushed me down the stairs at work, she would say, well, maybe they didn't see you, as opposed to, that's terrible, I hope they apologize to you, are you hurt? I tried explaining to her that while some sometimes things were my fault, most of the time there were systems and people in place who did not have my best interest in mind that produced negative results. When quarantine hit, I was working from home and then unemployed for several months. My mom likes to text me every day or every other day to ask what I'm up to, and I requested she stop asking that specific question because all I was doing was sitting down, doing the same thing yesterday that I was doing tomorrow. And she acted like she didn't know how else to spark a convo, and that had never been a problem before, even though I gave her suggestions. Example, what did I cook for dinner this week? Am I reading anything interesting? Etc. cetera. Oh, Lord. This felt a little tone deaf for me because as a fellow inhabitant on Earth, she knew we were in a pandemic and everyone was seated doing nothing. Additionally, whenever I do tell her about problems, she is typically she typically fails to acknowledge or discuss how I'm feeling and skips straight ahead to the solutions phase. And if she can't solve it, she'll change the subject. Not every problem has a solution or something I need to be solved with her. Most of the time, I just want someone to listen. Finally, she thinks I'm depressed. (laughs) I don't think I am. I think I've just been experiencing circumstantial stressors recently that can have that can and have been changing facts. Either way, I have no issue with her thinking that. But the way she approaches it is unhelpful. I've told her if she thinks I'm depressed, I can't do anything with that statement, but actions and activities would be most supportive, such as offering to meet up for lunch or a walk in the park. I had us try therapy and therapy. She said she wanted me to reach out more and ask more about how she's doing. And I did that for a while. But whenever I told her about something in my life, we'd be back to square one. Our therapist gave up on us. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at you. (laughs) My mom said some really hurtful things to me in the session, such as I'm too sensitive, too demanding. It's my way or the highway. I want her to be someone she's not, etc. Now we're not in therapy and she doesn't want to find another one. And I no longer feel comfortable confiding in her unless something gets better. And that's from Shirley. Shirley, girl, welcome to being 30 years old and having a mom. Um... And I say that I don't I'm not saying that dismissively. I'm just saying that I I found resonance in a lot of the things that you have said, because what I have learned is that um, our moms are very much. I don't want to say, well, at the risk that meme you put up the other day. At, our yeah, moms were our first haters. Our first haters. <laughs> I feel like at, I mean, at, this is at the risk of telling all of my personal business, but please, uh, I say this because I have new perspective and now view my mother and my relationship with my mother through a different set of eyes, right? These eyes extend grace and they're aware of her capacities around certain things. Mm -hmm. And they've come through lots of prayer for perspective and me acknowledging my mother's humanity outside of her occupying the role of motherhood, right? So y'all know that I ride Mm. for Rhonda, right? And I will actually cut somebody's whole face off on her behalf. Absolutely. That being said, exactly. That being (laughs) said, um, I'll speak for myself. And this has happened through virtue of my own therapy work. Me, myself, not necessarily me. And and me and my mom have never gone to therapy together. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but my mom is very her her being my mom validated her identity in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. so she didn't know how to turn or, or or she didn't know how to adapt the way that she mothered to a growing and evolving now grown up Kia. Yeah. So the so she she in her mind, her being my mom was treating me the way that she treated me when I was eleven. And when I was mm-hmm. eleven, I needed her to to give me solutions. I needed her to and to fix all my problems. I needed her, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to 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 engineer my life in a certain kind of way because that was the nature of our connection at that time. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm staring down the barrel of 38 years old, um, I acknowledge that it is challenging for my mom to see me um, as this big grown person. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that is not my work to do. That's hers. And yep. so I have learned that no matter no no manner no amount of conversation begging pleading bargaining that I do is going to change mm-hmm. that that is something that she is that is her work to do and mm-hmm. so I have relieved myself of the pressure of getting her to see me in the way that I want to be seen Cause that's not my business. You know what I'm saying? Like I will always be her little girl and I can't do nothing about that. That's not, I can't, I can't get into her mind and even, even though I have all this evidence of grown up womanhood in my life and in our relationship, she's going to have to come to that realization on her own. Mm -hmm. And in order to, to, to spare my nerves and my feelings throughout this process, I have had to become extremely particular about the ways that I engage her. I know that Absolutely. there are certain things that I cannot discuss with her. And that that's not because I don't love her. Or I don't trust her. That I'm not trying to hide things from her. Just like my mom used to protect me when I was a child. I have mm-hmm. to protect her. I know what she can handle and I know what she can. And that's not to, to, to make her a, a, a child or a baby or anything, but I just know the context of my life and, and you know, and, and I know the different conversations that we've had before have given me proof and evidence that there are places and spaces in my life that she's not yet ready to go. Um, and that, and that's not that I'm hiding or keeping things from her. It's just that I know that she, you know, these things trigger her in certain ways. And in order for me to maintain some semblance of peace in our relationship, I have to be particular about the ways that I engage her now. Now, as we grow and evolve and things change, then I can kind of give her piece by piece, you know, the kinds of information I wanted to have. But you're just going to have to take, I'm saying all this to say, you're going to have to take control of how you um, are thinking about your relationship with your mom, thinking about what, where it is now, where, where, where it can be, you know, what you, where you want it to be, and then what's going to take for you to kind of get there and take it literally one step at a time. There are conversations I know that I can't have with my mama. There are conversations that I can have with her now that I couldn't have with her three years ago. But um, I'm just saying that you, you, we have to get in a process with, with these parents, right? Um, because like the, the world is changing, things are different and who we are um, and what we need and how we engage our family members 
um, is going to continue to change over time. And, you know, moms just kind of see the world the way that they see them. And we just kind of have to really be attentive to that and kind of meet them where they are. Or, or at least that's what has worked for me. And it's not that you don't love your mom and that she doesn't love you, but you just have to learn how to kind of be there for each other in different in different ways. And it's, it's going to take some time and some space to figure out what you need for yourself, mm -hmm. what you need from your mom, and how we can kind of build those kinds of supports and things into your life. Um, you know, and, and it's going to take some some candid conversations uh, with mm -hmm. yourself and you know some some self-awareness about what you have where you are what what triggers you and then knowing what triggers her and then just trying to meet in the middle but I laughed and I'm gonna say I'm gonna wrap up because I feel like I am rapping okay just doing a whole lot oh, of no, talk. you're fine but um <laughs> well I laughed when you said that you gave your mom suggestions of how y'all can have small talk that made me giggle because it seems like and this is something I had to own right me and my mom butt heads uh, a lot of times because we are the same person. So the, mm. the ways in which, you know, she can be controlling of the ways that you guys engage. I noticed that you too can kind of have some type A around how you want to have this conversation. So, or how you want to, how you want to build this relationship with your mom. So it takes some, you you know, being a mirror, like letting your mom, your relationship, maybe your relationship, because as it was with me, my relationship with my mom became my mirror and showed me some mm -hmm. of the ways that I can be passive aggressive, some of the ways that I can um, be, uh, you know, selfish and make things all about me, some of the ways that I might need to grow when it comes to thinking about other people's needs and the ways in which my behavior influenced them. So, I mean, it's just a whole journey and there is no quick fix. You're just going to have to get in it with your mama and figure out how y'all can be there for each other um, because she's trying to figure it out. And so are you. And y'all got to got to like support each other as best you can. And sometimes that means, you know, spending time. And sometimes that means spending time apart. Yep. I um I've had my own struggles with my mother and I love my mother. Like we talk often. We talk weekly. Um, we argue sometimes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes she blocks me like it'd be like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, you know, and I've had other friends who have also had. Uh, challenging relationships with their mothers at times, you know, or for the duration of their relationship. And I remember one friend specifically uh, saying something about, um, you know, if my mother wasn't my mother, like if she was just somebody who, you know, I knew, I would not choose to be friends with her. Real. And that's honest, but I also agree with Kia in the sense where you take that and then you, but she's my mother. One day, young Noah's going to be having this conversation about you. <laughs> she, she sure is. <laughs> I'm actually trying really hard so that she doesn't have to have too many of these conversations about me, but it'd be, it'd be tough sometimes. And I'm sure our mothers will say the same Ooh, thing. I mean, um, that's one thing that I've learned. Like parenting is something, there's no manual. You don't know how to do it. And I don't think no. my, our, our parents intend to ruin our lives <laughs> or, or make things hard for us, but you just nope. learn as you go. That's what I'm saying. I have, you've, I've learned to have compassion and grace. I mean, in all of her efforts and all of my mama did the very best she could. And I, I have to, I, I have a lot of respect for that. 
I have so much yep. respect for that. But you were talking. I'm going to shut up now. Oh, no. I'm just, I agree with you and everything that you said, <laughs> you know, and I think that's just some, some things, surely, that you might want to take into account. Your mom's a human being. Um, and that's not to say she's the way that she is and you just got to deal with it. But, you know, that patience that we talked about with some of our older ones earlier, we have to exercise that same with the challenging relationships with our parents because they're human beings and we're human beings. And sometimes children trigger their parents and sometimes parents trigger their children. And it is literally two different personalities that have been forced um, to be together. And so we, you know, want to try to find some of the, the best methods and the means to try to navigate around that. Now, that's not to invalidate the ways in which you feel by any means. Um, like he has said, there may be times where you need to take some space. Maybe there's certain things you don't share with her. Maybe you start by example again by calling her and be like, so what you cook for dinner, girl? What you what, right. what you do? You know what I'm saying? Well, I cook. Don't even wait for her to ask you. Well, mm -hmm. I cook such and such. And then like just kind of like lead the dance. You know what I'm saying? Kind of do that and see if that helps a little bit. Um, you call in and offer the walks. And then on the days where you get mad because she's not calling you, don't call. You know what I'm saying? Just try to find ways to navigate that. So with that being said, I hope it's helpful. You know, also, again, like everybody else, please keep us updated. We love to hear back from you all when it comes to the honesty boxes. For sure. And continue to send your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. And we shall mosey into the black woman's self-care. Let's do it. Do it. Do it. Wild Basin Boozy Sparkling Water is a crafted hard seltzer with unique, adventurous flavors. Wild Basin Boozy Sparkling Water is crafted and canned at Oscar Blues Brewery, a Colorado-based brewery known for their boundary-pushing, flavor-packed beers. Wild Basin Boozy Sparkling Water is no exception with unique flavors like strawberry coconut, mango blueberry, yumberry. The latest berry mix pack is a fresh-picked collection of four berry flavors with a contemporary twist, including blueberry mango, strawberry coconut, yumberry, and black raspberry. Ooh. And the original mix pack includes cucumber peach, melon basil, lemon agave, hibiscus, and classic lime. Each can of Wild Basin Boozy Sparkling Water is 100 calories, 1 gram of carbs, and 5% alcohol. All flavors are natural, vegan, and gluten-free. Let me tell y'all about that cucumber peach, baby. It's delicious. It's so good. You know, this Labor Day weekend, I told you all we went out to the forest and in my backpack, I had all my essentials, and that included my Wild Basin Boozy sparkling water. <laughs> I had some cucumber peach in there. The hibiscus was amazing. I didn't get too buzzed where I was busting my ass in the forest. But at the same time, I still got a little kick. You know what I'm saying? And the flavors are so refreshing. I was under the waterfall while I was drinking the waterfall <laughs> in a sparkling flavor. Good times. <laughs> You can get Wild Basin delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. Get $5 off your first order at drizzly.com when you enter promo code GROWN at checkout, courtesy of Drizzly. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com and promo code GROWN. You must be 21 or older, new customers only, void where prohibited. Because keeping it light isn't working, Hulu presents Woke, a new comedy series inspired by the life and work of artist Keep Knight. Watch as Woke takes an absurdly irreverent look at identity and culture as it follows Keith, an African-American cartoonist finally on the verge of mainstream success when an unexpected incident changes everything. 
With a fresh outlook on the world around him, Keith must now navigate the new voices and ideas that confront and challenge him, all without setting aflame everything he's built. Starring Lamorne Morris, Blake Anderson, T. Murph, Rose McIver, and Sashir Zamata, Woke, all episodes now streaming exclusively on Hulu. Visit hulu.com slash woke for more. For more. I deserve So my black woman self-care is uh, very, very, I don't know. It was super refreshing. We went upstate this weekend as a family. We went on a little hike uh, through the forest to some waterfalls and some watering holes. And it was really beautiful. The forest was just magical and it was enchanted. It was little mushrooms popping up all <laughs> over the place. No, we did not eat them. Thank you, God. Uh, and, you know, it was just, it was beautiful. Um, and that's my, it was my, that was my black woman self-care. You know, all of us enjoyed it as a family and individually. And I took a moment this week and I pulled my phone out to obviously try to capture some moments because that that's very important, you know, for you to be able to capture those memories. But then also I was mindful to put it away mm-hmm. and just be, you know what I'm saying? Got what I needed to get. And then I wanted to just kind of be there in the moment, be here now. So um, that's my black woman self-care this week. I was able to enjoy some nature and just enjoy my family on a really like simple level um, and enjoy some loved ones and, it was everything I think that we needed after being cooped up in the pandemic and, you know, everybody's where you're in an apartment and it's stressful and you, it's just y'all are there together and everyone needed that space and that time to just kind of be in nature. So that's the black woman self-care this week. What about you? That sounds amazing. Um, I spent a lot of awesome dope time here at the house by myself um i took some time off from work and was very intentional around not working leaving my laptop in one room and being in another room um and literally really trying to limit um you know email and (sighs) that kind of thing that really try to clear my head and hopefully you know get back to being refreshed and because i had you know that kind of time kind of mentally clear I made, I was intentional about doing some things that I enjoy. So um, I have, I, you know, went to the grocery store and I did some cooking. I made some of the things that I wanted over the holiday weekend. Um, And it just felt good to just kind of like be in my kitchen and making potato salad. (laughs) And, uh, and uh, potato salad. I made potato salad and I fried some catfish and it was just amazing. Mm. Um, Mm. You know, just kind of, you know, I'm starting, I've been feeling the the strain of being away from my family and friends for months now um, and, and wanted to just kind of feel and, and feel familiar and do some things. And, you know, on Labor Day, my grandma used to fry fish. So I'd said that I was going to fry a fish and that's what I did. So that's sweet. I felt good about that. That is a black woman self-care. I think fried fish can always be a black woman self-care, oh, though, yes. honestly. You know, Indeed. you know, we have saying the glory of of a golden piece of fried catfish with a piece of bread, light bread, um, white bread. You must have the white bread. So we have saying about the glories of the of the of the fried catfish. We shall not do it right this second, but it is always appropriate for a black woman self care every time. Well, let's 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 round this thing out with these petty peeves and get on over there. And I want to be very responsible. 
of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey, honey. My petty peeve is the four. Whoever, what mangy, motherless person has been hacking into my Amazon account and oh. putting ungodly things into my shopping cart. Um, I have, <laughs> I would also like to share this petty peeve with the customer service people down to Amazon because they have been less than helpful in getting this situation rectified. And as such, I will probably be closing my Amazon accounts. Um, but yeah, it's just really, I just can't seem to understand. I have changed my email. I changed my password. I've done all of the security measures that they suggested. They have promised me on three occasions at this point that they were going to investigate in this, into this and get back to me within a 48 hour period. And nobody ever gets back to me. So I'm just kind of mm. like really frustrated and I'm feeling very violated because somebody it's like, you know, Amazon is kind of like, you know, we, we, we go together. Like, you know, I, Amazon is like Bay. Like we, we have had some very, we have spent lots and lots of time together. I have been able to rely on Amazon to kind of get me through in a pinch when I need things and need them quickly. So not having access to my Amazon account for a month now has just really been very, very hard, but I'm just going to have to end it with Amazon and I don't know if I'm going to create a new account and start afresh, but right now I think I just need some time and space because this has just been an ordeal. Um, I mean, that's valid. And, and I'm just, I'm just, I feel, I feel, I just feel used and violated and I hate it. And that's my petty peeve. Uh, you know, it's always violating when people steal from you, they break into your car, they break into your accounts, they break, you know, they hack into whatever that's always violating. But, the things that they are putting in Kia's cart <laughs> are obscene. Like <laughs> somebody, I don't know if somebody's just being messy and rude <laughs> or they think that this is some sort of like joke, but they're putting all kinds of vibrators and blimp, pl lip, lip plumper, all kinds of shit that they're getting ready to have some kind of romp uh with eight niggas that night i don't know but it's all matters of things in her cart and that's disgusting and you deserve for your skin to come off your body with a potato peeler um if you hack into people's accounts and steal from them that's wrong my petty peeve this week is for instacart you know i have i have i have praised your name i have sent golden sprinkles upon who you all are i've made my petty people about everybody but you i've even called you out and said i don't even have to do anything with instacart <laughs> but today i got my instacart order now i under you know it is a you are gambling when you order produce um off of you off of instacart when you allow somebody else to pick your produce and normally i will say that i don't have any issues but clearly it was a lazy young man today who said, I'm just going to pick the first thing that's on top of everything and throw it in here. And this nigga got me a rotten onion Ew. and rotten strawberries. Oh, that's terrible. I'm so glad I didn't order any bananas. And so therefore, 
I just, my petty peeve is with Instacart. My petty peeve is actually with this shopper, with this lazy young man. And, you know, when I have, I always have black shoppers and I always give everybody five stars because I'm like, we got to do it for the culture. We have to do it for the people. I had to give you three stars because you was fucking up left and right all over. You was just lazy and lawless with my shit. (laughs) And I have to hold you accountable so that they know that you picking out rotten produce. And that's my petty peeve this week. I think that's it, guys. Thank you for listening to Getting Grown. Oh, yeah. um, we're a little late this week, but you, we appreciate you for um, your patience. And we are excited about what's in store for the last quarter of the year for us and the show. Absolutely. So we will see you niggas next week. Tell them what they need to do with themselves. Um, guys, continue to wash your belly button and um, <laughs> make sure that you are drinking your water because that's very important. We must stay hydrated, especially as the seasons mm-hmm. change um, and taking your vitamins and all that stuff. You must always mind your business, the black owned business that pays you. OK, that's and it. you have to do that. I mean, finally, you must moisturize your skin. Why, sis? Because you'll look like Jessica Krug. Bye. What a tragedy. (laughs) Bye. Wild Basin Boozy Sparkling Water is a craft hard salsa with unique adventurous flavors like strawberry coconut, mango blueberry, and melon basil. All flavors are natural, vegan, and gluten-free. You can get Wild Basin delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. Get $5 off your first order at drizzly.com when you enter promo code GROWN at checkout. Courtesy of Drizzly. Must be 21 years old. New customers only. Void where prohibited. They say girlfriend. Mm. Love over boy. Spinning. (laughs) Deeper. (laughs) Oh, deeper. (laughs) (laughs) S-O-S-O-S-O-S. Woo, God. This is going to be a time. I cannot wait. Love overboard. Love Love overboard.